put your website to work while you play. A website works 24-7, so no matter where you are or what you're doing, people can still find you online. Start building your website today at GoDaddy.com. It starts with a .com domain. Enter promo code 199MYLF, that's 199MILF, at checkout to get your .com for just $1.99. Some limitations apply. See website for details. I'm Sophie and welcome to Milk Talk, Make Your Life Fabulous. We like to talk about anything around here from parenting and money issues to sex and dating. Lots of stuff. We try to keep self-help fun. So today is another parenting issue, one that is, um, I think, so important because it involves the safety of your kids and having an open dialogue with them, which I'm all about, right? I'm all about good communication. Um, I hope that listening will not only entertain you, but give you some extra life tools. If you're new to MILF Talk, I'm a psychologist, life coach, and mother of two, and author of MILF 101, Make Your Life Fabulous. I am truly passionate about helping people live authentic, joyful lives. So if you ever want to write to me, go ahead, ask me an advice question. You can find me on Facebook at Sophie Venable, or you can email me at makeyourlifefabulous at gmail.com. So hit me up for some free advice. Um, Also, I'm really happy to be able to offer you a free workbook. I've been working on this for a while. It's called a Goal Setting and Life Rescripting Workbook. Um, I actually just did a live workshop and um, I think it was pretty successful. So um, I introduced the idea of rescripting in MILF 101, which is really about rewriting the story of your life and getting rid of some of those old negative scripts. You don't have to read MILF 101 to understand it, though I would love for you to buy my book. (laughs) Um, But I basically include a version of that chapter in the workbook. So don't worry. Um, It's an awesome tool. And um, you can get it now free, free uh, on my website, makeyourlifefabulous.com. Just enter your email and you'll get a link to the download. And then I think you're also going to get an email with the link to the download in case that link didn't work. So it's all good. So go get it. It's free free. So um, today in the studio, I have a very handsome and well-educated guest. Um, He has extensive experience as a therapist and counselor for children, adolescents, and families, pretty much on the front lines of one of the worst drug epidemics in modern history. And unfortunately, the majority of individuals partaking in the excessive drugs are today's youth. Um, Mendy Barron, founder and CEO of Evolve Treatment Centers, believes in prevention, which means we must be educating our kids early on and keeping parents educated as well. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mendy Barron. And let's get educated. Yes. How often do you get applause for being a uh, counselor, right? That's what we like to do around here. That's, uh, That's awesome. Yeah, here, go ahead and get real close. Closer. Yeah. So thank you for being here. How are you? How's your day? Good. Good, good? Awesome. All right. So um, what do you think right now? I mean, you know, some people are kind of freaked out about the legalization of pot and all of these things. But what do you think right now is the scariest drug being used by youngins? Um, I think the scariest drug being used at the moment is probably prescription pills. Um, Really? Unlike a lot of substances which require, you know, avoiding the law or figuring out clever ways to get them, the the pills and whatnot are fairly available and accessible. Wow. I, yeah, I would say that that is very true in uh, my neighborhood. <laughs> I mean, I, I live I live in uh, I mean, there's a there's a wide range of income, but uh, but for the most part, it's a fairly affluent school district. Sure. And um, that is the reputation of a lot of the high schools is that um, the kids just have tremendous access to drugs. 
yeah. to to prescription yeah. pills. And it's it's prescribed by doctors. It's accessible through the kids themselves. It's accessible through parents. It's accessible through grandparents. Yes. Um, yeah. It's fairly common. There's even a new initiative that I spoke to. Uh, there's a woman working with an organization that's trying to um, require that the, those who do the uh, house sales, so real estate agents and so on, you do open houses. You clean up the house. You set it up. But guess what? Oh, my gosh. The wide open. And so kids will be letting themselves in. They'll wander around pretending to search for a house or pretending to be with someone's parent. And they'll raid the cabinet. So I'm yeah. I'm sorry. That's me with my my mouth open. Yeah. It's God, very you just accessible. forget about that. Yep. Having done a little real estate, <laughs> it's like, oh, what are you doing in the bathroom? Yeah. Wow. And you get good money for it. Uh, oh. College campuses. It's the, probably the most popular uh, drug sold. Um, really? Would it be like Xanax or yeah. or? Oh, okay. Any stimulants, <laughs> things like uh, Ritalin. Um, oh God! Yeah, Adderall. Adderall. Adderall is a biggie. A lot of kids will snort Adderall before a test, you know, and it's justified, quote unquote, because right. you know I need it. It helps me concentrate. If I snort it, it goes faster, you know. Oh, so it's God. yeah, yeah. How do you talk to kids about this? My God! I mean, I've had lots of conversations with my daughter who's fourteen. I actually started talking to her about it when she was about twelve, uh, maybe even eleven. So I don't know. Should I have started younger? Because I've, I've, I've got an 11-year-old now. But but they're so kind of like goody two-shoes about it, which is awesome, you know, at this point. So I feel like there is some dialogue about it still, even with my younger one. But it's, it's a lot harder to start the conversation. I mean, ideally, you always start the conversation. Big motto, start the conversation. You really need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, but what a lot of parents do prior to talking about it or they don't do prior to talking about it is actually research it. You know, yes. you have to come in with an understanding or at least some knowledge. It doesn't mean you become the expert in drugs or go out and try it yourself a couple times to figure out how it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, so I tried this one. Let me give you a report. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. It, it worked OK, but, you know, right. um, you really have to be knowledgeable. And you really have to know what's affecting your kid and what's not. Mm -hmm. You have to know um, what's out there and who's supplying and where it might come from and where they might have access to it. And then you can enter into a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so if they ask you about something that you really don't know about, um, would the response be, well, I don't know a lot about that drug. Let me do some research and, you know, we can maybe we can figure it out. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, the first thing you always, obviously, you, you maintain a stance that obviously this is, I'm not saying this is going to be acceptable even if I do research it. Right. Let's, let's start right. with this is a no and then yeah. we can talk about, you know, the, the varieties of no that there are. But I'm not mad at you for asking. Correct. Right. That's the, I think that that has to be. For me, that has to be the approach with whether it's sex or drugs or anything. It's just, okay, I'm not mad at you for asking because I'm, how are they not going to have questions? How are they? I mean, my God, it's everywhere. Yeah. Right. The, the access, just even the, 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 the talking about it is like everywhere well, on the web. Media, and, if you listen to yeah. music, if you talk to friends, if you look at school, that's unless exactly you, where it is. Unless you keep them in the house with no television and no cell phone and no computer forever. Right. right. That's uh, not going to happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I think even in the fact that you mentioned that, that you have the lines of communication with your, with your kids is a, is, is a unique thing. A lot of parents have even figured that part out. You know, part of starting a conversation is having a, a, a baseline, a, a place to start a relationship in which you do communicate a relationship yeah. in which, you know, you can start. I have a lot of parents who often come to us and, um, 
you know, it was okay when they were kids. They were cute. They were innocent. They went to school. You talked about <laughs> snacks. You talked about friends. You talked about maybe some, you know. The worst thing you talk about is a bad word. Is crap a cuss word? Right. No, <laughs> That's no, like no. the biggest challenge, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and, and all of a sudden they come back and now they're a teenager and, and they're sort of a, a place that, that they've missed and they haven't like, well, the, everything was cute to find here. Now they're here and, and you know, kids don't come Now they're act, asking me about ecstasy. Shit. Yeah. 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 Are they taking it? Are they using it? What is it? ecstasy? Is it the same thing right. it used to be? And Oh, God. Um, Boy, there's that's a that's a whole podcast right there. What the hell is in that stuff? Right. I'm well. Right. I mean, from from what I understand, it's like you don't know what you're getting. No, pretty much. No, I mean, when right. when you talk about the kids who pick it up at a, uh, for instance, take the Hollywood Bowl, very popular place to sell ecstasy. And there are a ton of concerts there. So, sorry to ruin. I could ruin almost any location. No, so I mean, I figured that on. I figured that on like electronica night or um, or uh, oh, reggae sure. night or whatever. You know, I mean, I. I mean, I'm not dumb, but uh, really, they're selling like shit. Well, they're selling it, and the products, you <laughs> it's know, fucking Burning Man. It's the Hollywood Bowl. People. <laughs> I'm gonna get it shut down. That's right. Yeah, I mean, they're they're, they're watching. Uh, what's what's one of those? Uh, I'm lost. They're watching uh, One Direction, for instance, and uh, was my teen reference. Stop uh, it. Sorry. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm not bashing One Direction. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm just like I don't want the little children at the One Direction concert doing ecstasy. But they're they're also cutting the products with other unhealthy yeah. and dangerous products. They're right. not maintaining it. It's not like the drugs you're buying are coming from a lab with a gentleman in a lab coat. I mean, these things are being produced in sure. various trailers around Los Angeles and, <laughs> and, and it's coming to you and they're taking it's it. It's got some rat poison in it. You don't know. You really I know, know, I know. And, and it becomes much more serious. I mean, I even walk by a, a dispensary because um, there's one in every corner. Right. Um, and I see a big sign and it says, um, uh, go, go maybe. Give one, get one. It was some, some. Oh, give one, get one. Okay. And basically, what it, the the concept was: you trade whatever you have in for whatever no. we have. So it comes along a random guy with products you don't know where it came from. This isn't FCA regulated. Again, this is not a science, um, although there is science involved. Obviously, um, it's certainly not Breaking Bad. Um, and they're trading stuff in, and then someone else is trading out. But you don't know what what it was laced with, what was put into it. No one's testing it. Right. And then you're trading it for somebody else's. You oh, my know, God. Even, Maria, even did you know this? Do you, did you know this about the give one, get one? This is crazy. I would, I would just graduated from college. I know <laughs> I, a terrifying amount. <laughs> shit. Yeah. I'm very upset. <laughs> this is a very unregulated industry. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, so when you talk about legalization, I mean, and I don't want to get into that topic. Yeah, because that's, a that's all, Exactly. You'll but, have to come back for that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But at least someone should be, you know, monitoring the quality. Okay. So let me ask you this. Okay. Um, as a parent. Um, okay. So it's basically the conversation that I had with my daughter was, you know, she was like, well, what's this? And, and, you know, why do people like cocaine and why do people like this? And what does this do? And, you know, and, um, and so I, I honestly told her everything that I knew. Okay. I don't find it to be my kid's business, whether or not I've done them, you know, um, because I personally believe that kids go, well, you turned out okay. Look at you. You're happy. You own a house. You're doing this. And you tried this and this and this. I, I don't, I personally don't think it's their business. You know, it's not their business how old you were when you lost your virginity either. Okay. You can like have those conversations when they're adults and they can handle it and they know where to file it and they know what it even means. Right. Sure. Personal opinion. So anyhow, so one of the things that I went into detail with her was I said, look, so now that pot's everywhere, it's also in 
like candies, cookies, brownies, caramels, edibles, edibles, right? And she's like, really? And I'm like, yes. So here's the deal. If you're at a party and somebody sort of winks at you when they offer you a brownie or a cookie (laughs) or this or that or like whatever, you know, then um, I said, you know, don't eat it. I said, but if you do when you're on the couch and you can't move, call me. I'll come get you because I don't want you to be, you know, too high girl on the couch that can't manage herself. Sure. You know, that that's what freaks me out. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to get mad at you. Like, just call me because you're going to think you're going to die. And she's like, oh, my God, really? Like, have you done it? I'm like, honey, <laughs> I have eaten a brownie and thought, oh, my God, I am never, ever, ever, ever going to breathe again. Like, you're like, don't forget to breathe. <laughs> okay, don't forget. <laughs> you know, like, And you can't move. And you know you can't move. And you just feel like an asshole. I'm like, it's just terrible. And she's like, oh, mom. So every once in a while, she'll tease me. She's like, oh, did you have a brownie? I'm like, shut up. You know, like, <laughs> she's, 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 oh, yeah, totally. She's so funny. So that's she where you got to be careful. She, oh, that's what I'm saying. She, so that's where you got to be really careful what comes out of your mouth. So, um, so I actually, that was, that was one place where I did tell her like, that's, you know, I said, you won't die, you know, you'll be okay, but you need to call me so that I can make sure that you're someplace safe. Yeah. Right. Getting a safety plan. Yeah. So, um, so it was, it was very interesting to have the conversation because, um, I think my girls value their brains, you know? And so when she was asking me, you know what I mean? Like, so she was asking me, well, what does this do? And she, she asked me about ecstasy. I'm like, I don't really know a lot about ecstasy because I know that what, what I know is that it's, it's a, it's a, a manufactured, uh, drug that, uh, can be a lot of different things, you know, and, sure. and, and this is what it does. And it, you know, it, it messes your, it messes up your, your neurotransmitters, you know, and I was explaining serotonin and all that crap, you know? So, um, uh, so that kind of like, she was like, God, why would anybody want to do that? You know? And I'm like, well, I guess they think the high is worth it. But from what I understand, the low is really low and, you know, it can eventually really hurt you if you, yeah. you know, so I try to make it not like that shit's going to kill you, you know, because, <laughs> because, that doesn't make sense, right? Because their kids are, their friends are still alive. Sure. Right? You know, I, I won't call anybody out. Other teenagers that I know. <laughs> I saw the trying to. I'm, I'm like, you know, like, I don't want to like. Filter for r- Filter, 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 yeah. you know, protect people's privacy. But, you know, d- d- teenager, high school is like, my friends are such idiots. They like go walk around the mall on ecstasy. And she literally was like, this is like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But so she knows her friends are still alive. Right. Yeah. But she doesn't respect it. Right. But she's, you know, saying, and this isn't my daughter, it's somebody else's daughter, but, um, uh, but they're doing it. So if you tell a kid, oh, that will kill you, it's like, well, it didn't kill this person over here. So you can't throw that argument at them. There, well, there's a yes and no. I, I, I mean, I certainly think it's worth informing, informing teens about the effects. Um, yeah. I mean, it is possible, of course. It is possible. Say, and, and if you look statistically speaking, while well, many do make it, Many don't. Many don't. And sure. do you really want to be that straw? Do you want to really right. have a 50-50 chance? Exactly. You can do this and be totally. Oh, like cocaine. My right. God. Ugh. Yeah. You can do this and 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 be date raped or be attacked or uh, have severe brain damage or crash your car or something like that. Or you could survive because they did. But that doesn't happen to everybody. Right. I mean, when, when you look at, you know, statistically speaking, when you look at the amount of deaths caused by by um, a variety of uses in a variety of settings, yeah. they're basically taking, taking a chance. Taking and, a chance. And how many people want to play that chance? So I Right. I, I highly, I definitely believe in letting them know the effects without, without 
you know, becoming a fear monger in, in any sense. Right. And I guess that's what I mean is that if you simplify and sort of shut them down by saying, you know, don't do that, it'll kill you. It's like, I feel like it needs to be a little broader conversation Absolutely. of like these, the look, these are the risks that you're you taking. Have to come from I, an, informed, an informed place. Yes. Like I, I know, you know, people doing this and they seem to be okay, but let me tell you the risks that they're taking, yeah. right? More. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I agree with, you know, a lot of parents debate, well, should I tell them? It'll help me get closer to them. Th- that's a pretty tough debate. Telling a kid you use doesn't always make them closer to you. They can use it against you. Mm-hmm. And if you were to tell them, if some parents, you know, I can I can hear the stance where parents might want to tell them, but you have to, that has to be done for a purpose, not for the sake of bonding, not for the sake of, you know, if you ever brought or it up. Or being cool. Or being yeah. cool or connecting. Oh, God. If you ever brought up, yeah. it should be for a specific purpose. Trust mm-hmm. me, you don't want to go here. You don't have to go into detail and go, oh, you think you use, trust me, I use, blah, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, and stretch out the list. It, it, right. it really would have to be in a very specific circumstance. Yeah. So what do you think um, this statistic that I've heard that only 9% of teenagers are taking up uh, cigarettes at this point? Is I that? Hear that one. Yeah, I guess it used to be 40%. Now it's like 9%, you know, nasty habit. But then we've got the vapor pens. <laughs> right. Why right? pick up cigarettes if you can, if you can just, yeah. yeah, which they think has no negative uh, effects. Correct. And and also from, from the uh, <laughs> monitoring perspective, they can also put different things in the vapors that now you can't necessarily tell, smell. Right. Um, so it's more popular. Oh, I think. God. Are people, are yeah. people putting heroin in those things? No, I don't, I don't know about heroin, but... No, because for a while people were actually smoking it in cigarette form, weren't they? They were like rolling it and, and late, they were like, this is like... Uh, I want to say like, uh, how, God, how old am I now? Jesus. This is like 10, 15 years ago. People were, it was social to smoke heroin, like laced into tobacco. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know about heroin. I haven't heard, I haven't heard that, but certainly in in these various, uh, yeah. Vapor forms. Yeah. (laughs) There's a variety of options. I hope not. I mean, Jesus, that that just scares the crap out of me. It really does because I, 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 I know a couple kids that I've known since babies who at that time when that's how people were doing it because it, you know, you didn't have to use a needle. Right. He got hooked. Yeah. His whole life, you know. And every time it comes when you deal with substance, they find some less serious way of dealing with it. Oh, cigarettes. Well, they have a filter, so it's okay. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. this, that, the other. Yeah. It's okay. It's I'm not using vapor. needles. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and there's these justifications that everyone makes and, and that the folks who sell it make so that you can continue to use. You know, right. oh, it's okay that I can snort Adderall because she takes Adderall, <laughs> right? She's It's prescribed by her doctor. It's isn't it enough to take it? Right. My God. But the doctor, like, <laughs> is, monitoring, the doctor is monitoring the kid that he's prescribing it to. And right. it's based off a specific need. And oh, if okay. you take it without that specific need, you can actually have incredibly detrimental effects. But looking at other people and going, well, they do it, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily a model for, for, okay, now it's safe. So, okay, they did it. They survived. You won't die. <laughs> it's, it's, it can be very, very serious. Wow. Um, I mean, take, uh, you know, the study we were talking about earlier, but, um, you know, pot. You know, we talk about smoking pot and we go, okay, it's fine. It's okay. We're going to leave the whole legalization piece out of it. Oh, but- yes, yes, yes. Because like three weeks ago, there was some study that it's like, it doesn't lower your IQ. I'm like, but you're not helping. Right. <laughs> Who paid for this study? Yeah. Yeah. But this, this past week, they came out with a study that very clearly shows, um, obviously it's not a longitudinal study. It needs a lot more work, but it essentially shows that pot has a, a tremendous effect on the brain, meaning it physically changes it. So it's no longer, oh, I smoke. And then once I'm not high, everything's okay. It actually shrinks the frontal cortex, which is responsible for decision-making. Um, and secondly, the impact 
of it is much more significant with teens. So again, when you talk legalization, you can leave the adults out of it for a second, although we can talk about that later. Right, right. But with teens, not only does it have a detrimental effect because they're teens and because their brain is developing, right. but it's also literally shrinking, physically shrinking the brain in an irreversible fashion and shrinking the part that handles decision making. So you have hormones and you have brain developing and you have peer pressure and you have growth and you have moods and you have everything affecting you. And then- Then you're going to go shrink the damn brain on top of it. Correct. So now your awesome. impulse is already challenge as a teenager Genius. and you're fighting up a hill and then we shrink it further. Right. So, so the, yeah. the effects, you know, knowing the effects and knowing how to discuss that and, and having coming from a place of, from a place of knowledge is, is absolutely critical. Well, you know, something um, that I've even uh, talked to my girls about is the fact that drinking, because my, my daughter has admitted to me, she goes, God, I have friends my age that drink. Like, that's why? That's so stupid. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> So far, so good. <laughs> I know. I'm really lucky. No, I'm really lucky. Knock on wood. Um, okay, wait. Remind me to come back to this because I'll tell you a story. Um, I took my girls to be, uh, and I'm not like patting myself on the back because I take no credit for this. It's genetics. Okay. Um, I I took my girls to be tested because they were like kind of borderline on that like gifted. What is a gate? Whatever gifted, talented thing. Okay. And so they're like, oh, we we just want to test them. You know, blah 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 to make sure because like going from. Uh, uh, like K through five to, to the next school. Sure. So I think they, they were either like eight and 11 or nine and 12 and they go in and they get tested and, and they come out and the, the ladies that like gave them the test, they're like, your daughters are there. You're fine. Like they're, they're awesome. Like God, this one, she's reading at a cave, you know, 12th grade level. And this one, she's going to be president. And this one, you know, they're like sort of teasing. As my girls are, you know, they're getting all like, Hey, I'm so smart, you know? So we get in the car and I'm like, okay, so you're smart. Good. Okay. Don't fuck it up. Right. You know, I'm like, look, you, this is a gift. You were blessed with good brains. Don't mess them up. Like, cause you have control over that. Like yeah. every drug you take, every drink you take, every, everything affects your brain. And like, you like this, you like being smart. Being smart gives you options in the world. Don't mess it up. Yeah. Like, that was the conversation the second we got in the car. Cause it was just an opportunity. Yeah. You know, it's like, OK, you're all high on how smart you are. That's great. OK, <laughs> come back down to earth for a second and let me explain to you what your responsibility is. Yeah. This is a gift and your responsibility is to treat it well. No, absolutely. So I think like think, you know, if, if you can take if you can build on what your kids have, that's good. And and explain to them that this staying clean thing is to maintain it. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's also about squander it. It's about choices. You yeah. Know, right now, you know, and, and we talk about when, when a lot of teens end up in treatment, they're, they're at a point where the choices have been taken away from them. At this point, yeah. you're in treatment Ugh. and the choice is not It's kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. How do you look at that all day? It's yeah. got to be just heartbreaking. It's, it's, it's a challenge, but, but the beauty of working with teens is that you have an opportunity to intervene mm -hmm. at a time when you can really make a significant difference. Yeah. And, and when a teen arrives. It's not too late. Yeah, right. it's not so late and they arrive and they're like, you know, fuck this, fuck my parents, to hell with all this and you guys don't know anything and, and you take away from the drugs and they're like, well, or, or, you know, a lot of them are struggling with other things as well, mm -hmm. um, a lot of mental health issues, but, but they land there and it's like, well, well, now what? And it's like, well, now's your chance before it becomes even worse mm -hmm. to start taking your choices back. You know, mm. everything's been made for you. I like now. that. When you started, yeah. when you started, you know, when you look at a kid who hasn't used and you, and, and you converse them the way you did, mm -hmm. you're saying, look, you've got choices, you've got options, you've got school, you've got a future, you can go where you want. Mm -hmm. You don't have as many rules limiting you. You have trust, uh, you have autonomy, you sort of have a, a lot of options. And as they choose essentially to 
to step into various realms, the thing they should think about first and foremost, we're all egocentric as teenagers, mm-hmm, is of course. what am I going to lose? Well, here's where you're going you're gonna to start losing autonomy. You're going to start losing physical health. You're going to start losing mm. your ability to do your own things. We're going to start regulating you. You're going to start losing trust. You can lose your friends and slowly your, your options start to deteriorate. So if you truly want a chance to take your life in your own hands, this is it. Right. Um, and catching them at the beginning, letting them know like, here's where you are now and here's where it can be um, is a great way to do it. Wow. So when, so when you go, when you talk, I would imagine you have some kids that have issues with alcohol too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, one thing I've, I've tried to, um, explain too, is the reason the, the reason the drinking age is 21 is because they actually tried to lower it to 18. It didn't work. It's like kids were dying basically because they, they, it, it was, uh, your brain's not done Correct. developing, right? And you're, you're, Frontal lobe is already still not developed, especially if you've been smoking weed, apparently. <laughs> if you can and, find it. Right. Yeah. Find it. Yeah. And um, there were more accidents, you know, more more drunk driving accidents, basically. There was just it was it was not good and they had to raise it back up. Yeah. And um so I I don't I, I think I guess I think of alcohol as such um an alluring addiction. Like it's just everywhere. It's so social. You know, and it, it's it's shocking to me how many kids where it's it's not well, it's not social in the way it is for adults. You know, it's more like secretive and yeah, that kind of social. They're not like sitting around with cocktails. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, that uh, that they get they get hooked so easily, you know, um, I don't know if it's genetic or or what, but they're, they seem very vulnerable to it. And and how did my God, how do you get that? kind of recovery well, you, it seems you you touch on one component the genetic piece is an actual piece yeah i mean there's uh, a friend of mine calls it the genetic gift bomb you know if 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 if, if it's in the family yeah they have a predisposition to it and so yeah. while one kid i was asked to say well you know this kid how do you explain to to your kid well he goes well my friend uses and they're just fine well that's not available for everybody it's unfortunate but you have to address the fact that if your parents used or if there's alcoholism in your family, you are, are, are going to have a hell of a, hell of a time with this. And it's not right. just, you know, you can't just do it. Um, alcohol is tougher because like you said, it's socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. They see their parents with it. They see it in other situations. It's more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, so alcohol is certainly a challenge. And, and a lot of times when we get the teens in our centers, the, the, the biggest struggle is, is dealing with that component, even though the addiction itself is is very significant. Um, the physiological addiction. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it, okay. it, it can, you know, yeah. it can have alcohol poisoning. There's, sure. a, there's a whole slew of issues associated with it. The bigger mm-hmm. issue is, well, now that you're going to get this kid stable, how do you change the situation around them? Because it's still there <sighs> yeah. and parents are still doing it and they're not locking it up and they they don't know what it is or how to access it. And, right. the, and the companies who sell products are making them look surprisingly like other things. So you now you can switch out a bottle of mouthwash for, for, for certain types of alcohol of the same color. And you don't recognize it, you know, and, and, and then you talk about the, the influence of energy drinks and the, the promotion of, you know, energy drinks and alcohol. And so, so you're essentially, you can keep them and we do really We're work with them. <laughs> We're do- Forget it. Okay. But I'm it, going it, home. It's about addressing where, where they're, where, where they're going to, you know, where, yeah. where, where they, when they leave, what they're going to do, what they have access to and really creating a system around them to continue the prevention afterwards. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a question for you. Do you find um, teenage girls in your practice, uh, who started using, um, as part of an eating disorder, you know, using, um, stimulants to not eat. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that when I was younger, it was like the big, uh, dexatrim, phenylpropanolamine, all of that crap over the counter that you go, you know, buy and 
Yeah. Our, you take like four of them and then like your head would buzz. Our, our, know? our focus. But you wouldn't eat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's, there's, there, there's a, a, a plethora of options at this point. I know. <laughs> Again, I, I'm not, I'm not a doomsday, but we, we don't, um, we don't actually treat eating disorders specifically. We actually right. refer out to, to professionals. To deal with so that. you have to, so you would have to differentiate, is this an addiction to the drug or is this part of an eating disorder? Correct. Right. And a lot That's of times it's interesting. an interchange. So, yeah. so it, depending on which one is the primary issue of concern, mm-hmm. we will send them to an eating disorder center. Right. We'll work with them there. Then they'll send us, send them back to us. And then we will continue to have an eating disorder specialist see them at least once or twice a week just to make sure that part is taken care of. Right. Because in addition to the actual substance, then you have all the side effects. Yeah. When, when you talk yeah. about the binging and the purging and the, yeah. all the eating habits and all that, and that requires its own focus. Mm-hmm. And then when they, when that's at least mitigated to an extent, then they come back to us and we can address the other components. Why are you using? What, what is contributing to the use? Right. How do you get off the physiological component? How do you get the family together and united in a way that they understand what the problem is, know how to deal with it, and can keep you know the clients safe following treatment, the teen. I mean, we, we deal with teenagers. So, so they come from the home. Which is where you know everything happens mm-hmm. and takes place, but then they go back. To yeah, so it's all your fault, parents. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's, uh, that's onus on you. <laughs> yeah, well, they, you know, they're not. They don't grow up in a bubble. No, and, they don't. And what no, you do matters. Don't. But there is an awful lot of influence out there, yes. and you know, and, and that's why I just think the dialogue is so um, crucial from an early age. That open dialogue, whether it's about. Um, even if it's about like if your kid can can't come to you and say like I didn't do my homework, you know, like yeah. it's some like you know they're nine years old and they're like I didn't do my homework and you blow up blow up at them. Why are they going to come to you and say? So my friend offered me a cigarette today. Yeah, like, why? You know, it, it's like this. There has to be this priority of connection. You have with to your start child. the conversation. It's, yeah. it's 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 as simple as talk about football. It's as simple as yeah. you need to create a groundwork where a place where they know that they can trust you to say yes. So that they know when you say no, it means something. You can't Thank always start the conversation. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> if the conversation always starts with no, a no, yeah. you're, you're going to get no. No, no will headline. lose its value. Correct. No completely loses its value if you use it all the time. Right. right? You have to gear up from the beginning. You have yeah. to be constantly looking at how can I continue to develop a relationship? How can yeah. I continue to connect with them on various levels? So that when the time comes, when the hot topic shows up, then you can address it and yeah. address it from a place of both knowledge and, and a relationship. And it will show up. Right. That's what you like. That's what parents have to understand. This will show up. I don't care where you live. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you you cannot think, oh, my kid won't have that question. No. I mean, I get it. Like, it's very hard for me to imagine my 11 year old being around that, you know, just based on kind of who she is and the friends she chooses and all that stuff. Yeah. Give me like what? 700 days. I'm going to be. You'll hear from me again. Yeah. And, and there's, there's, <laughs> you know, I found something in so-and-so's backpack. Oh, great. You know, like, I mean, who knows, right? Yeah. You don't yeah. know. Yeah. And then you're flipping on the internet trying to find the right book and the right person and getting the <laughs> exactly. answers that you need. Exactly. Um, my dad can't, did I, I don't know if I told this story on air yet, but uh, um, my, my, my daughter was offered a piece of candy, you know, like an apple sour. And um, they're like, oh, you want an apple sour? And she's like, mm, you know. She kind of hesitates for sugar. <laughs> wow. I know. She's like, you. which, no, it's obsessive. I still say, <laughs> but no, she's, she's great. Um, she, uh, but the, and another person looked at it and went, oh, those look like snaps or, or something. I don't know what they, but it was some like weird little word. And she was like, huh? Like, she's like, I don't know what it was, mom. I kind of just looked like a candy to me, but I don't know if it was like 
pot or or some other weird thing, you know, sure. and and uh, she's like, so I just kind of was like, no, nah, thanks. I'll pass. You know, she's like, it would have been nice to have a piece of candy, but not no. worth it. Yeah. <laughs> not worth it. I get that call. <laughs> All the calories and that other stuff that could happen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All, that, all that tripping. Yeah. You know, so uh, so it's already happened. You yeah. know, I mean, it, for all we know, for all we know, somebody was offering her some acid. Like who who even knows? Right. Yeah. And she's 14. Yeah. And you when know? you talk about I mean, when you talk about exposure, yes, you can have the best house ever and you can be yeah. doing things wonderfully. and You can be the perfect parents. Yeah. Um, if that exists. Um, and then no, they go to school. Doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're in the school environment and you yeah. can't control that. You yeah. can't control what they're exposed to. Right. Uh, and 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 part of the onus obviously is in the school, but you have to connect with the school. Right. And you have to know what's going on and sort of be involved, not in a helicopter way, but right. but know what's going on and, and, and be able to connect with them and hold the system essentially accountable. Well, that brings us to the school issue because, um, you know, people are very up in arms about the school teaching their kids about sex. Right. But we kind of rely on the schools to some degree to teach our kids about drugs. Right. Yeah. And I know my kids have already gotten uh, a couple of, uh, you know, people coming and talking about I've, it I've and telling this. this. <laughs> You've done those. OK. Yeah. So tell, I know you have the center, but um, but tell us about uh, what's what do you do when you go into the uh, into schools? How old are the kids like so, so you know, we go into a variety of schools. We started this initiative called Mendy's Place, where where we created a website and worked on an app, and where where families can interact and ask questions, and teens can interact. An app? We're working the app. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, we're, we're okay. We're 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 working a, a couple of cool projects to enable families to communicate. And the whole purpose of Mendy's Place is to start the conversation. It's okay. To, is to help families engage with their teens and help teens engage with the family. So it's not a a parent you know centric focus where we're like all focused on how do you fix your teen. It's not just a teen like how do you deal with my parents and right. it's a, it's a sort <laughs> curses of, right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's sort of a combo act and, and involves, you know, input from teens as well as parents. It, it, it's a really cool concept. But we started, you know, schools will approach us and say, well, we'd like you to speak about this in this topic. Um, and a lot of times it'll have really great effects. The school can embrace it. Sometimes it doesn't. A lot of schools will bring you in to speak just to prove that we don't have anything going on in our school. You know? Oh, interesting. And, okay. and, and when you bring up topics, the school will be, oh, no need to really go there. We don't, this problem doesn't exist. Um and it becomes a <laughs> and it becomes a challenge when obviously in reality after each time we speak we have you know uh, tons of teenagers come up and and they want to talk about it. they want to talk about issues right. um, and we really encourage dialogue with the schools and the parents but there is a sort of concept where the parent hands them off to the school mm-hmm. they went there during a the day and they come home at night and what happens there is there and I help my kid in mm-hmm. education we have our parent teacher conferences and that's it we generally have to sign a release I think don't we for for the kids to attend those. Yeah, usually Those the schools will, will request will request a release from yeah. parents, but but th- th- there needs to be more of an engagement. And often we go to schools and then we talk, and the kids talk to us. We go, well, here's the following twenty issues that have been brought up. We really recommend you educating the parents, and we'll also speak for parents. Oh, interesting. Um, and that the parents should connect with the schools. We're not going to make a big scene and call out. Here's you got fifty issues right here. Look right, at this. Right. <laughs> it's more like you know, parents in the schools. You need to be really intertwined with your kids' school in the sense that they know who you are. You know who they are. You know how to connect. When your kid says, you know, um, I went here today. Well, how do you verify that? I'm going home for the school activity to my friend's house, or mm-hmm. this is you know this happened in school. You need to be able to call school and say, here's you know what I'm hearing is happening. How do we address it? How do we work together to create a system? Because um, one huge part of a kid's life is is school. Yeah, um, and we're all and day, every day. That's it. And the predictors are there. You can see, you know, when the school grades drop and when their mm-hmm. social withdrawal and they're having issues. Um, but but when when we see the issues, they're predominantly in middle school and high school. And, mm-hmm. and there's there's a kids lot. going to middle school high like every day. Yeah. Seriously. No, they are. They're like, you know, they do an edible in the morning and they're high. 
And they'll say, like, dude, I'm totally high. I was like, what? And there's school, you know, the dealers in the school and there's, you know, it's, 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 it's a tricky situation. And especially when you look at a lot of the private schools, it's, you know, even trickier with the reputation piece and and whatnot. You know, who wants to have to go search backpacks in your school and who wants to go and, and, and say, you know, we're gonna have to start drug testing students and so on. It's, it's a challenge, but the reality is that again, the other half of their life is in school. Yeah. I wonder if that's why they don't let the kids take the backpacks into their classrooms. And that wouldn't stop anybody. No, think. that wouldn't stop anybody. But isn't that weird? But um, yeah, some kid got busted. He got suspended for having weed in his uh, locker, you know? Yeah. And it was a big deal. Like everybody knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they probably vilified that one kid and said, problem solved. Yeah. Oh, we got rid of all That's the weed. Fixed. <laughs> um, that one kid. Well, um, so if, um, if I want to, if somebody says like, you know, what's this red pill or this thing that looks like this, like, is there a good source online? I mean, do you go to, you know, WebMD? Do you go I to, a, I was about to say if yeah. the problem with going on, I mean, not to buy them, to find out what they are, <laughs> no, to find out what they are. <laughs> when you go on WebMD, you know what happens when, I mean, being a psychologist, yeah. you know, where they, when you go to psych 101, you start diagnosing yourself. Oh wrong. yeah. I know. Um, and when you go to WebMD, you do the same thing. I know. Um, We're all gonna die. <laughs> I, oh my god! I made a mistake. I'm dying tomorrow. I, I recommend going to a professional. Okay. Um, okay, but I mean, like in the moment, right? Like somebody, if you find like, if you like, find a red find pill, something, yeah, very simple, right? You, you take a picture of red pill, yeah, and contact a local treatment center and ask them. Okay. Or take it to oh, local, a local treatment center, or, interesting, or, or, or a local police department. You're not handing. You're not. There's no legal issue with you bring it to them. Oh, okay. And you go, hey. There's this pill. I found it. Where do you find it? I'm sorry. I, I you know, I found I it somewhere. Yeah, you know, on the ground. On the ground. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> I'm curious what it is. Yeah. And and either they'll identify it or at least they'll give you direction. Online is tricky because there's just so many options, right. And you can't verify where you're getting it from. Okay. I mean, what if you just took it to like a Rite Aid pharmacist or something? Might they know or no? Ecstasy is not something they prescribe. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. <laughs> so when you okay, talk about yeah, the kinds so, of pills, right? So, so it can, wouldn't necessarily be a prescription drug. It might be. It could be so, anything. Okay. So apparently, ecstasy can look like a red pill. I'm just saying, pharmacists. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure a pharmacist cannot comment. Right. Okay. On I pills gotcha. that they're not used to prescribing. I gotcha. At least okay. without not without calling themselves out in some way. I see. Um, gotcha. But, okay. But well, uh, it just seemed that they would. That would be part of their education. I, I'm sure there are know. there are websites yeah. that can address it. I just as I don't recommend. Okay. Using websites okay. as a diagnostic tool. All um, right. But as you find a local treatment center, a local practitioner, uh-huh. um, a police department, those kind of things, you can go in without incriminating. See, that wouldn't have occurred to me. No, I, I mean, I wouldn't have, that There's, wouldn't have occurred to me to go, to go to yeah. them because, because that makes sense because this is not a legal drug. And so these people in these legal professions aren't supposed to know what it is. Right. And, and they're probably, well, from, if, if you're, if you're a, a, a licensed pharmacist, you're probably not allowed to give professional commentary on, on those things. That, right. Yeah. Right. It's just not something you prescribe. So you don't, you know. All right. And obviously the FDA police. doesn't have anything to say about it. So. Right. Yeah. And you know what? The cops, uh, most of them, I don't think they're going to be like, so where did you find? I mean, you know, and if no. they ask, they're going to, they're going to try to help you. Right. right. They don't want your kid doing that either. Right. right. So, Correct. Yeah. So, wow. Really, really interesting. You have to come back when you get your app ready too, so that you can, we can like refresh it's everybody. Really cool. and remind, Yeah. It's going to be yeah. cool. I'm excited. I'm kind excited. Awesome. So, um, so overall, um, you, you, uh, 
like give us give us our little like spiel. We want to start talking young, right? You want to start talking young. You mm-hmm. want to start working on the relationship long before you have to talk about the serious issues. Mm-hmm. You want to get yourself educated in serious issues long before you talk about those. Mm-hmm. You want to engage everybody involved in your child's life, especially when it comes to prevention. You mm-hmm. need to know who's again to separate from being a helicopter parent and obsessing and logging into their Facebook and doing all that, mm-hmm. of which you know can go both ways. Yeah. I can see why parents would do it, sure, but you can also see why it would scare a teen away. Um, so at this, you have to be able to connect with them in a way that doesn't, uh, push away your kid. Right. Um, and so engaging with the school, having open dialogue with the school, having an open dialogue with your kids, uh, with their friends, parents, Mm -hmm. with their extracurricular folks, with your own family, you'd be surprised Mm -hmm. how much access they have. Again, when you go to grandma's house, grandma's (sighs) got to know how to be careful. Um, and if Uncle Alan's an alcoholic, well, you're going to want to talk about his exposure and, and how the, and and around, especially the holidays are coming up. You have to be able to engage with every aspect of your kid's life without being too obsessive. Yeah. But having an open dialogue with them and the system and your kid, and then also having education. Education is key to doing all of this. Wow. Yeah. I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking about the. The holidays are the worst the, time. The, the yeah, I'm just thinking about, wow, like that's crazy. That's right. You're going to all these people's houses. We see houses. the greatest yeah. spike in, in overdoses really? and relapses and attendance to treatment and hospitalizations wow. during the holidays. This is a time when this you better know mm-hmm. what's out there, where you're going, who's at the party, what's at the party. And, and, and well, this is going to air like what a couple weeks before Thanksgiving, so that's yeah. good. And Everybody, you, check your cabinets, clean them out <laughs> now. No, you know, yeah. And, and when you talk about your family, if, if you and your family get wasted at the holidays, you might want to think about. Them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I maybe get, family tradition. Should, oh, not you, but <laughs> no, but I mean, really, even like wine. Like I don't, I don't like to, I don't like to get drunk in front of my kids. Yeah, you know, because I'm kind of a lightweight. <laughs> they think it's cute. They're yeah. like, oh, mommy's so funny on wine. You know, they think it's, yeah. it's not about funny. abstinence for adults. It's about responsibility. It's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, right. Yeah. Well, I tell my kids to, uh, I started telling them when they were pretty young, you know, and they started wanting diaries and stuff. And I said, look, your diary is totally private unless I think something's wrong. And then you have no privacy because my job <laughs> is to keep you, they need to know. And I've reminded them all the time. Sure. My job is to keep you safe. Disclaimer. Yeah. It's safe and educated and loved, you know, from point A to point B here. And if I think that you're in trouble, you don't have privacy. Yeah. That's, you know, that's where the line so is drawn. I mean, I think that's fair, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I totally respect your privacy. I don't want to read your stuff. You know, it's all good unless I think that you're in you trouble. You had trust and privacy and you <clasps> lost it. Right. It's a choice. Right. Yeah. I mean, who knows? And they, and they might not be doing anything um, illegal. They might be, you know, starving themselves or doing something crazy, you know, and, and or, you know, who knows, right? Yeah. Just like self, self-destructive things. Correct. And if I think you're sick, I think you have a problem. If I think you're depressed, if I think something's going on that I need to know about, then I'm going to do whatever I can to find out. Of course, I'm going to come to them first, Sure, you know, but they have to understand that this is um, the, the privacy is a privilege, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, so do you want to take a little quiz just for fun? A quiz? A little, little milk quiz. Yeah. You know, it's, it's easy. Okay. You won't fail. So. <laughs> Test anxiety okay. now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> did you need some Adderall? Uh, you- <laughs> All right. Focus. All right. First word that comes to mind when you hear MILF. Should I say? Sure. Yeah. It's internet. You can say whatever you want. Um, yeah. What it stands for, I guess. Okay. I was a teenager once myself. Right. Uh, what turns you on creatively? Music. I'm a musician. Oh, nice. What do you play? A guitar and sing. Nice. Uh, what turns you off creatively? Mm. Turns me off creatively. Uh, very restricted ways of thinking, I guess. Right. Narrow-mindedness. Narrow-mindedness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what sound or noise do you love? Uh, fountains. Uh, 
What? I buy them from my treatment centers and everyone hates them. Oh, really? But you like them. I love them. <laughs> people, people tell you, it sounds like someone's urinating. You're in the bathroom all the time. Why do you like fountains? Every fountain I bought for any treatment center I put into, it inevitably ends up outside in the garbage. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Don't waste any more money on fountains. Not, not. <laughs> I have an app now called Fountains. What is it? <laughs> there yeah. you go. The white noise app. Uh, what sound or noise do you hate? Oh, got a couple options there. Um, I don't know. Uh, cars grinding to a halt. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite curse word? Fuck. It's really useful, it just, isn't it? it? Just feels, when but, you say it, just gets it out there. Right? It's just yeah, very useful word. What is your favorite substitute curse word? You must have to come up with them, right? <laughs> I go darn or dang or, or this stuff instead of the shit and things um, like that. Yeah. Gotta, Boy, that would take uh, – to say stuff instead of shit, that would be hard. Well, again, when you're in the, think. in the treatment center and when you're with kids, yeah, you, your lingo switches to match them. Right. But then when you step out into another zone, you're, if it continues, everyone looks at you in total shock. <laughs> you know, you just said what? Like, well, what? it's just very common. You're, you're like, wait, it was 30 seconds ago. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Um, what profession would you not like to do? Accounting. Um, let's see. Uh, favorite song to sing in the shower? <sighs> I don't sing in the shower. Um, <laughs> you just don't know you sing in the shower. So, We're going to have to ask your wife. Right. right? <laughs> okay. Favorite song to sing in the car then? Oh, well, John Legend has this new song. Um, what would I do without you? Um, can't remember how it goes. No? He has a new, song, a new John Legend song. All right. That one. Can't remember that okay, one. Okay. Yeah. Don't sing too much of it. We might have to pay for it. Um, favorite well, song. <laughs> God, is that what that was? No. Got it. Oh. Favorite song to sing for karaoke after two drinks. If you drink, here but of course you, you don't drink. I don't drink, but yeah. karaoke here without you by three doors down. Oh, nice. So if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> I didn't do too much damage. <laughs> <laughs> nice damage control, Mindy. <laughs> yeah. way, to keep, way to keep it in line. Yeah. That's right. Well, thank you so much for being here and giving us so much truly useful information. I oh, think this awesome. is really, really important. So tell us how people find you, plug all your stuff. Uh, plug my stuff. Yes. Uh, geez. Uh, so I have a series of treatment centers. We deal with teens mm -hmm. um, who are struggling with mental health and addiction issues. We have a variety of levels of care from inpatient to outpatient um, and a variety of wonderful locations and excellent clinical team. And All over the country? Uh, all over uh, Southern California. Southern California. Right now. Okay. What, what makes one, our programs unique, in addition to obviously our awesome clinical team, is we really put a strong focus on where teens are going, where they want to go, and how they're going to get there. Uh, we build on passions that when they leave, they have what to live for, what mm -hmm. to build on. Yeah. So that you know, we find if they don't have something to plug into when they leave, they tend to fall back in the same habits. Right. So we really try to help them form an identity while they're with us. Um, Mendy's Place is going live right now. I think you can find the website. And there's also a Facebook page. We really uh, encourage people to contribute information, blogs, articles, questions, comments, so we can respond to them. Cool. Um, you can find me on Psychology Today. I'm a writer for them. Um, you can find us on facebook.com slash evolve treatment if I... And EvolveTreatment.com. Mm -hmm. And Mendy's place is M-E-N-D-I. Yeah, D-I. Sorry, yes. Uh -huh. D-I-S. Um, it's not with place. a Y. Right. Um, and uh, and uh, if you Google Mendy Barron, you may find some of my old music. Don't. Cool. <laughs> old, old, old stuff. I'll have new stuff Do out it. at some point. No. Um, but uh, cool. we encourage people to reach out. Um, and, and if you send us an email or send me MendyB at EvolveTreatment.com, more than willing to answer questions or help with any issues. Nice. Very, very nice. Well, thank you so much for all of that. Um, if you would like to support MILF Talk, take your generous self to Patreon.com forward slash MILF Talk. You can find me and like me on Facebook. 
Facebook at Sophie Venable. You can find my book, MILF 101, on Amazon. It's also on barnesandnoble.com now, iBooks, Nook, all those digital wow. outlets. And um, get your workbook. Get your free workbook. MakeYourLifeFabulous.com. And um, that's it. Thank you for being here. That's our show today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having me.